Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. For this episode, I'm joined by Ian Guerin, the co-founder and head of growth at Grab Guide. Ian, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me on, Ray. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Pleasure to have you on. Um, lots to talk about, but let's start with your early days. Actually, I, I was doing research on you, and, and don't get freaked out. I, I, I didn't dive too deep, but we've got a fair few mutual friends on Facebook, like 13 or 14. I had... Uh, I, I don't I know her, but I know her brother much better. Ellen Scully. I know I'm good friends with James for 15, 20 years, Stephen Breen, Samantha Mulvey, a couple of other people. Um, but 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 that aside, uh, I didn't ask them any questions by the way. I'm assuming you grew up in Dublin. I did indeed, yeah. What was life like growing up in Dublin? Yeah, not not too bad. Like um I was lucky enough, I went to to, to Belvedere uh, College, so where I got my secondary school education. So um was fortunate enough to to avail of that. Um pretty much standard enough uh, upbringing, grew up in Portmanic, um in North County Dublin. So yeah, I had a pretty pretty standard enough childhood. Um managed to get in, managed to get do a decent leaving cert, not a great one, but a decent one. Um get into DCU, so kind of stayed in that North Dublin bubble for the first 23 years of my life and then funny enough you mentioned Samantha and Ellen uh they were actually in my master's in DCU so that's um where I met them so yeah first so yeah 23 24 years um pretty standard kind of upbringing um day one here and there um small bit of traveling nothing too major but yeah fairly fairly run the mill uh upbringing just in Dublin I know you're into sports the gym I think you were part of some cricket thing and college rugby is big in your life if i'm correct on facebook mma as well but sticking with your early days uh one of the questions i like to ask guests and if you've listened to the podcast you'll know what i'm about to ask is around impact and influence they can usually pick an acquaintance uh, a close relative a distant relative a teacher who had an impact on them that impacted the person they were today back when they had an impact on them does does anyone spring to mind for you uh yeah i've been fortunate enough like you mentioned sport there like coaches and managers i've had grown up so yeah i have a background in cricket um in rugby in school um, and also club rugby as well and then as you touched on there mma slash uh jiu-jitsu is like the primary sport that i would focus on um kind of one of the martial arts and um, that would be the mm. main focus so i think one of my coaches um from from there so i started that when i was around 21 kind of fell out of love with rugby after i finished school um just kind of lost interest into in it when uh, there was, I suppose, less structure around it and fell my way into MMA and then Jiu-Jitsu was a derivative of that. And Chris Fields, um, who's a head coach at Team KF, at, at, as is now um, known as, formerly known as SVG Sword. So he came from that same group of the the Conor McGregor, the Ashton Bailey's, the Cahill Pendridge, that initial Irish group, the Irish Waves that went to the UFC. Chris never made it himself. Unfortunately, he's had a fairly decorated career himself. But I think, like, his, he's a full-time MMA coach and gym owner, and that's his passion. And I think something I picked up from him very early on is like he absolutely loves what he does. Like wakes up every morning with a big smile on his face. Um, you can see when he's actually coaching, he's the, the passion that he has for it. Um, and I suppose I don't quite have the experience to move into 
that kind of career path at the moment. He's he's been at it for fifteen plus years, and he has built up that skill set over time. That love for the game, but like the, I suppose the influence that's had on me is trying to find my niche. Um, don't necessarily have it for in the same kind of realm that he does, but like trying to find my niche in the business world where I can find like, spot I suppose where I can best utilize the skills that I have. And like really wake up and um, wake up going to work every morning, like looking forward to it with a big smile on my face. Like that's the main the main thing I've seen. Like up, up until that point, I always had a perception of a job as a nine to five. You zip, put on your suit and you get on your train or bus and you commute and then you commute home. You get home at seven o'clock or six or however far the city you're going. And that was sort of the regimented lifestyle that I envisioned growing up. And then having met Chris and seeing that, he kind of makes his job work around his lifestyle. And I don't think he probably would correct me saying this, but I don't think money's a massive factor for him or a massive, massive emphasis for him. It's just finding something that he loves to do. And for him, like what he often says, what I do doesn't feel like work. And I suppose the goal for me, I don't, I think I'm nearly there. And sometimes I'm not there. But the goal for me is to get to the point where like it's work isn't a, a, a task or a chore. It's, it's, it's play. Mm. I like that. And let's work our way to two all good things, grad guide. But um, if you see me reading from my, looking to my right, I'm reading from my screen. Uh, you were part of DCU Business School. You mentioned Samantha and Ellen. It's ranked in the top 90 business schools in Europe in 2020. Uh, one of only three Irish business schools to achieve this ranking. You spent five years in DCU. Uh, and in 2018, you finished with your master's degree in digital marketing. So my question is, what did you most like about the course? That you did and if you could change anything what would it be and why it's a great question and um, what i like most about the course like the the practical hands-on experience that you actually get so uh, it's a 12 month long course runs from pretty much the start of september till august 17th or 18th so it finished up like just last week for the, the last class just to go through and throughout those projects dotted in and um, mostly with social enterprises so i think there was my i had to do an seo project with recycle it which is a uh, kind of a waste uh, electrical company based down in, in Tala or at Ren Walkinstown area. Um, we ran Google AdWords for the for the uh, DSPCA, the, the, the one for the animals. Yeah, yeah, DSPCA. DSPCA. Um, and then in the summer term, there was a, the summer term ran for about four months. Um, like the last four months, but we had a an assignment with an actual client. So we had to build out a digital marketing plan, build them a website, implement the marketing plan and then report on the results in like the form of a practicum. So essentially it was a four a group of four and um, it was a, a dissertation between all of us around 30, 30, 35,000 words. So like the main benefit that I got from the course is that in my undergrad, I didn't really feel sufficiently qualified to go out and actually work as a digital marketing executive, a digital marketing coordinator, whatever the entry level roles for marketing people would typically be because I didn't have actually any hands-on experience doing anything. Um, so that was a major thing for my masters. That was a massive incentive for me to to go into it as well. And that like I did a decent amount of research before, saw that there was hands-on experience where instead of going into an interview and saying email marketing is good for according to this paper written in 2009 and referencing it, which is pretty much my undergraduate degree, I could talk about right, I ran an email marketing campaign over a 12-week period. And this is how we measure success. This is what we've improved upon. And like actually getting something that you can tangibly talk about rather than kind of high level theory stuff which I found my undergrads even though it was great very good undergraduate degree it was marketing based degree as well and um, just didn't really give you that hands-on experience 
in terms of what I change about it, uh, Jesus, the length, I suppose, 12 months was tough. Um, I don't really know, like, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't really fault the structure of the course too much, to be honest. Like, I had the, the, the thing, the issue that I had, or issue is maybe the wrong word, but like the, where, where it was difficult for me was that I had friends who'd gone into full-time work were earning um, decent money or kind of more money than I was anyway. I was working part-time for like 15, 20 hours a week. Um, so like the time commitments for, for the mass was like 40 to 45 hours. On top of that, you had your part-time job. So like if I could change anything, I would probably knock maybe 10 hours of work off of it a week just so I could either work a little bit more, have a little bit more money. Um, but generally like the core structure and the practical experience of people as well, like I touched on Ellen and Samantha there, but there's many people who I met in that course I'm still friends with to this day. Um, so yeah, generally pretty uh, a pretty decent experience in DCU as probably that testament that I've spent five years there in total. Well, that's uh, guess why it's ranked one of the top business schools in Europe. Um, your current business grad guide is an online career guidance and mentorship program. You can talk about that more in a minute, but I have a question before that. And it was, you spent, if my calculation is right, about eight years working in a variety of different jobs from brand ambassador at 98FM to digital marketing executive at Ultimate Ruby. That's not where I want to focus. I want to focus on recent gigs that you've had before Grad Guide, uh, an account executive. You served your time as an account executive. Not many people have that belt, uh, but uh, and it's, it's not the easiest belt to get. Uh, Adroll was the company where you were an AE and also Spendesk. What skills did you sharpen from your time at those two companies that you've carried with you to today? Could be communication skills, the ability to ask good questions or even the ability to listen. You could think of other things as well. Yeah, you, you've kind of touched on the first one there that springs to mind. Um, I suppose if you take communication overall and then listening as like a really important element to that, like a, a lot of what I do now, um, although marketing is, is an element to my role, uh, my role as growth is uh, building university partnerships. So there is an element of sales there and that's kind of purpose built that I really, really enjoy the process of selling. Um, that's kind of probably another factor that I brought in as well. Sales is a very process-driven um, profession, in my experience anyway, with Adderall and Spendesk. It's very much a case, in my experience, where you have a target you have to hit, and you know to hit that target, you need to do X, Y, Z, and you can break that down over a, in, in the case of Adderall, it was a quarterly target, in the case of Spendesk, it was a monthly target, which was absolutely insane to adapt to, because, I don't know, it's it feels like one month ends, and then obviously you just roll straight into the next, and like the pressure's That's back crazy. on, but... You can break like with a with a quarterly target taking that as an example you can say right my target over the next three months is x what can i do on a weekly basis to try and work towards that and then break that down to a day what can i do every day and then you can start looking at your morning your afternoon how what, even getting into the granular granular details like when do i do my mm -hmm. best work is it is it in the morning first thing after i've had a coffee and i can get two hours in before lunch where i can absolutely fly through in the case of a sales role just pick up the phone and call as many people as possible and then maybe if you have a bit of a lag in the afternoon typically well, I would especially after a heavy lunch or something like that I might leave like kind of low impact tasks till the end of that so like having a, a really clear idea of yeah I have this quarterly target but how can I break it down into like bite-sized chunks to make it a little bit more uh, palatable and that's something that I've kind of transferred into different aspects now marketing is my main focus with elements of sales my current role but even mm -hmm. in other parts of life it's just 
not so much having a goal to work towards it's having a process to follow with a, an idea of the direction you're going and then I think sometimes people can get kind of stuck to this to use the sales example like I have a target of 100k for the next three months and it can be a bit overriding but if you break it down into kind of daily tasks or hourly tasks and execute it can be fairly it can be fairly it can be a fairly straightforward process I love what you said there one of the things I do is I create a list of things I got to do the day before I go into work the next day so rewind to last night I was writing down everything I wanted to get done today and then I order them in terms of I work best in the morning I get all my hard shit done in the morning and then in the evening is a low impact task because as soon as I've had lunch I kind of go into this slump of like not as energized as I was in the early part of the day so definitely it could uh, a, a good uh, tip and lesson to share grad guide where did the idea come from and what is it for those who haven't heard of it uh, yeah, so GradGuide is a career guidance, um, mentorship and graduate recruitment platform. So our, I suppose our mission is to try and bridge the employment gap from college to company. So um, where did it come from? Um, there's four co-founders. Um, so me being one, Dave, Matthew and Mark being the other three. So Mark in July 2019 um, kind of had like the, the uh, seed, I suppose, of the idea. Um, he started kind of exploring the possibility of like, to maybe take a back step i found in my uh, work experience in adrol and spendesk that like i'd have people getting on to me on linkedin um typically grads or people who are looking to move into tech because obviously it's quite an attractive industry to be in saying hey i work see you work in company x they're currently hiring for a bdo or any chance you can jump on a call um this is before the days of zoom we're jumping a call or meet up for a coffee chat through like what it's like to work there the culture so on and so forth so it was very much kind of a, an informal process of mentoring people i wouldn't even call it mentoring it's just kind of advising people i suppose on yeah, yeah, yeah. how to how to work the way being a nice person yeah sometimes it's just if someone's reached out to you and it's a well-written message like just what's 15 minutes of your time to give up just to you know talk like tell them what it's like to work in tech sales and they can kind of figure out based on that conversation whether or not they want to pursue it because you know um better than most it's it's a tough game to be in at the, at the best times but um sure. it, was, it was done very informally um and then, yeah, July, that was July 2019, kind of moving towards the back end of 2019. Um, uh, there was a website built and a landing page. So very kind of basic um, website mark. I don't think we'll mind me saying that compared to what we currently have, um, where we were just kind of formalizing the process. So people would come to the landing page, sign up, and then based on their interests, which we find out, sorry, once they sign up, we uh, call them. And then based on their interests, so if they say, for example, I want to work in sales and Salesforce is my dream company. We would then dip into our network, try and find them a men as mentor or a salesperson in Salesforce to kind of guide them through the application process. And that was sort of how it was done like informally um, until around January, 2020, when so myself and Mark have been friends since we were kids, like four or five, we used to play football um, to get on the same team. So I had a fairly decent relationship um, we met for a coffee in January 2020 he also met Matthew and Dave separately then the four of us came together and we decided like let's start putting some kind of structure to this as opposed to just doing it um, kind of a little bit more laissez-faire so mm -hmm. January 2020 we said we'd go into a full-time set of weekly meetings I think that was the key for us like having weekly meetings and holding each other accountable to like right every Wednesday we're going to meet and we're going to have tasks to do for the following Wednesday. We're going to slowly but surely try and build out our mentorship network. So initially, uh, four of us had all sales experience. Mark and Dave were both Intercom Mark at the time as Chargeify. And Matthew was in Amidas as a, 
uh, working in sales. So we said, right, if someone's looking to get a job in tech sales in Dublin, we're going to try and make that process as smooth as possible because it can be quite daunting if you do five or six rounds and then get to know at the end and you have to go back to the start of another one. So that was our initial special specialization. And with salespeople being typically quite extroverted, we were able to build out a fairly fairly decent mentorship network until about March 2020. So we had about 40 to 50 mentors at that time, um, tip, like typically working with one or two mentees, as we call them at the time. Uh, and then March 2020 happened and the world took a, a sharp left turn and the demand for what we were offering went through the roof because all the entry-level roles, are, people who are in slightly more senior positions, I actually lost my job in that role in April. So people who are kind of two or three years into their career lost their jobs were kind of taking up all the entry-level roles and then the grads were kind of turned around saying what's left for us and there wasn't an awful lot. So yeah, May, or March, April, May, June, July, August last year was absolutely insane for us. Um, we built out the mention network to about, at that time towards, we probably doubled it. There was about 100 mentors odd by the end of last summer. And we started, see, we started seeing, right, we had a lot of people signed up who wanted to get into sales, but then we also had people signed up who wanted to get into engineering, wanted to get into products, wanted to get into design, so like more technical roles. So we started saying, right, how can we, instead of turning those people away and saying we can't help you, how can we, I suppose, alter our offering or like change up the product to make it fit what the market is asking for. So we started bringing in more technical mentors, people who worked as uh, junior software engineers or people who are working in technical support in some, in, in some tech companies around Dublin. And yeah, that's kind of true to, I suppose, late last year. Um, that's where we're sort of in cruise control. Um, had it very well set up. We, we ran it on a six-week cohort basis. So the, a mentor would get paired with a mentee at the start of the six weeks. We would give the mentor resources, everything we thought would be helpful towards some kind of the basics of about your CV and your LinkedIn profile and um, mock interview scenarios and prepping for behavioral interview questions and all that kind of stuff. But the, basically try to enable the mentors, just guide them, uh, no pun intended, as best they could to try and land the job in what was like a really, really um, employer-driven market at that point. Then, sorry if I'm going down a rabbit hole here. No, um, no, please do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, late last year, we, uh, Mark met um, Terry, Terry Clune, who had, I think he'd been put in touch with Mark through uh, Rory Keller, who's the CEO of Amidas. And they had a meeting and Terry really liked the, I suppose, what we were doing. Like at that stage, it was a, it was a, a, a CSO um, for us. It was a side project. Like I was, I was working full-time as a county executive in Spendesk uh, over here in London. Um, Dave was an intercom. Mark was charged by Matthew was in Amidas. So it was very much a passion project for us. And we benefited slightly from the fact that there was a lockdown for the majority of the second half of last year because there was nothing else to do. So we said we might as well just meet a little bit more frequently so once a week mm. last summer quickly became twice a week quickly became three times a week and then before we knew it it was 15 20 hours a week outside of our full-time jobs oh, but as you said yeah. there was nothing else to do so we were we were lucky in that way and that there was no FOMO our mates going to the pub right like that because sure everyone was sat inside their houses um and then yeah as we moved through the early part of this year we started getting a bit of a sense that like we could potentially move into this full-time um, and obviously that's with a view to commercialize it. So in March this year, we all left our full-time roles where we were. And then April, um, a month later, we moved into grad guide full-time and took up 
I, as you switch on to start, I'm the head of growth, Dave's the head of operations, Matthew is our commercial director, Mark's the CEO. Um, and then, yeah, we've been at it for four months now, uh, just over four months. And we've grown the team to, we have two BDRs, relationship manager, that's seven and five engineers. So it's 12, it's total. Now we've traveled, traveled in size over the last four months, which is really exciting for us. Like ha having the opportunity to come under the clean technology group, Terry has, um, a number of companies um, in the group is, uh, I'm going to be murdered for missing out one here. Media Sprintax, Transfirm Ace. No, it slipped my mind. Transfirm Ace. Tax I'm back sure, in I'm sure, I'm sure he'll yeah. forgive you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, there's five other companies in the group. So we're quite lucky in that we're under the umbrella now where we have access to the resources of these massive, um, kind of massive multinational companies that mm. have, have numerous rounds of investment and extremely high valuations and we are now sort of in an incubator we're a startup we're in an incubator incubator now where we have access to the ceos in my case the cmos of other companies to lean on and ask for advice on like we are Excellent. a 12-person company at the moment and we're actually we're successfully working with some really really exciting companies but how do we continue to grow and expand and from our point of view like the more grads we help students or grads and um, primarily grads but we're kind of moving to the student side of it now the more we can help the more we can like smooth that transition from college into their first job, the more we can help, the better. And um, from our point of view, there's a guy in the UK called Matt Sedwick. You should, uh, I'll connect you with him. He's definitely worth, he's definitely worth chatting to if you want to kind of grow the market out there. I don't know if you're just focused purely on Ireland, but if you want to grow into the UK, he's got some good contacts. I'm sure he's probably listening because he texts me most days saying today's episode was good. Um, <laughs> so Matt, if you are listening, do get in contact with Ian himself. Um, Absolutely. What was the question I wanted to ask you again? Oh, yeah, you mentioned you started this in uh, kind of informally January 2020. So I'm not that bad at maths. I know January 2022 is two years. Um, what if you had to pick one standout lesson from the last 20 months, uh, what would it be? Um, I think probably borrowed from sales and there might be a bit of crossover my answer before but having metrics kpis and accountability overall of like we all have for the four of us we have our different functions and what we do and we all there's a lot of crossover between my job and matthew's job and the commercial team and dave and operations and mark and sits over all of us and q mm -hmm. who we brought in as, as our head of product and um, having accountability for your role and being the one responsible for the success of that department and that having kind of clear metrics of how success is measured. So instead of me saying, for example, uh, we're running some social media marketing stuff uh, on Instagram at the moment, some paid acquisition, and it's going really, really well. Like it, that, that kind of stuff, it's probably not a great example. But that Something like that is a little bit fluffy. Like I think you should have very clear benchmarks of how you expect to do based on whether it's, competitors in the industry or previous work you've done mm. and if you if you set that target to hit um from a marketing point of view if i want to get a certain picture rate or a certain cpc or um there's certain metrics that i want to track if i don't hit that metric I have a very clear explanation of why that's not the case and then how do i work towards getting to that and that's something that i would have borrowed from sales where okay it's not not that it's not a problem if you don't hit your target but well it's not really possible Maybe consistently, it's not great, but if you miss your target in a given quarter, 
that's it's not as much of a problem if you can say yeah no my email my messaging my emails wasn't really on point and then i probably put too much time to linkedin i could have done a little more time on the phones probably could do a power hour a week where i kind of blast through calls so like i have a clear idea of like right you haven't mm-hmm. you haven't hit you haven't done what you need to do you haven't hit your target or haven't achieved your kpis but like this is why as opposed to saying i don't know because yeah. if you don't if you don't know why you haven't you can't move where you want to get to yeah you can't you can't address the issue and then it's going to keep happening consistently so yeah that for us as a group it was very much from those week-to-week meetings and then when the meetings were a little bit more frequent now than daily it's accountability for for what you're doing and, and holding your holding your teammates accountable like we hold our we hold each other's feet to the fire literally every single day and it's needed you need to need to clash regularly mm. it's particularly in a startup because if you're kind of dancing around each other and like don't want to overly impose and don't want to hurt someone's feelings, th- like that's the kind of stuff that it's, it's not going to help you grow as a business um, and it's not going to benefit anyone in the long run. Yeah, agreed. There's this uh, tool that I use probably once a quarter where I look at the, the, the grand scope of like, it's, it's, it's for pipeline management. So it's to understand what clients do I currently have what clients do I want to go after? What clients have I lost and I'd like to re-engage? But the whole tool is called CARE. So it stands for keep, attain, recapture, and expand. And it's like a diagram like this, simple enough, where you just write down the clients that you have you want to keep, ones that you want to attain, ones you want to recapture that you've lost, and ones that you want to expand within the current account. Focusing on attaining clients. I've noticed that you announced uh, oh, it, within the last month, definitely, a partnership with Channel Side, another Irish company. Um, how do you plan to continue to grow? You've touched on Instagram ads, which is the reason for asking the question. And then I've noticed the partnership with Channel Side. Are you just going to double down on partnerships and, and, and paid ad? Is there anything I'm missing? Yeah, so this is more um, Matthew's remit. So he'll probably. Uh... I might butcher it here, but this is my understanding of what we're trying to do mm-hmm. on the commercial side of the business. So, um, yeah, the main focus for us, like, maybe take a, a step back. When grads come out of college, in, in our experience, in those early days, and they wanted to get into tech, as they refer to it as, and tech is a kind of a loaded word if you talk to grads, because they think if you get into tech, you need to know Python, or you, you need to have some understanding of coding where they don't understand it's actually customer-facing roles in tech, which don't involve any of that. Mm-hmm. That's that's to, to my relief because I've no idea of zero technical too whatsoever. Um, so we initially, when we're talking to grads, okay, we asked them on that initial screening call, um, what do you want to do? Any company, any target companies you want to work for? Um, like general kind of high level questions, and they'd come mm-hmm. back saying, uh, yeah, Google, Facebook, um, TikTok is a new one. Um, what is on LinkedIn, Microsoft, like they want to go to the big multinational tech companies that are the ones they would deal with on a day-to-day basis, actually like the mm-hmm. direct consumer ones. And they don't know the, the channel sites. They don't know the intercoms even. They don't know the Wayflyers. Teamworks, the all those guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they don't know the, the, the B2B companies. They wouldn't really have any reason to, unless I'm seeing they're a little bit more advertising for the, the likes of Workday and stuff like that when, when the golf was on a while ago. And they're kind of, mm. that's the only real... Um, place i think grads could potentially come across uh these kind of massive uh b2b companies but yeah the, the emphasis for us was initially the gap i suppose in that like there's the likes of wayfire like they got 76 million dollars in series a funding a month ago and um, immediately got 50 million funding 
pay last year value number 575 million like these companies are indigenous Irish companies that need good graduate talent but no one's ever heard of them and I don't think they mind me saying that compared to the Googles the TikToks the Facebooks the LinkedIn so like where we try and come in is we present it to the companies and that like we can give you access to the best graduates out there and like where the grads benefit a lot from is we have a career guidance aspect too which I touched on like the CV and the LinkedIn and the prepping through interviews and stuff but the mentorship aspect of it and that currently runs over a six-week period where right I guess um, for example my um, we still mentor because it's just I just like to do it and um, my mentor mm-hmm. for last time out Jack he came to me like literally day one um, fix up a CV in our in our first uh, uh, first half an hour session so like half an hour sessions once a week for six weeks kind of gave him some tips he fixed up following week he came I was like right what jobs are you looking at applying to went through the full process, process with him and like essentially just act as like someone there to bounce the stupid questions I say the stupid questions like well there are there is such thing as stupid question but in their head they would go into an interview blind more often than not and then kind of find themselves at a loss as to why they didn't potentially get the job whereas mm-hmm. having a mentor there who you can lean on who can kind of run through a mock interview scenario with you or tell you how to answer uh, behavioral interview questions using the STAR method this kind of stuff you don't necessarily get taught in college like the resources are there to an extent but it's different from someone who is three or four or five three or four or five years ahead of you in the career ladder as opposed to a career guidance counselor who's not necessarily in the industry that you're looking to get into so like when I my role I suppose on the university partnership side of it is working with the career guidance counselors and how, how can we be an asset for you guys how can we be a tool for your students and graduates to try and get into tech like they have a, we have a very specific domain expertise in if you want to get into a tech company um indigenous Irish tech companies preferably that's who we target also um kind of landing like u.s companies um moving over to Dublin like setting up their landing teams is where we found a lot of demand as well because they obviously don't have the same level of brand recognition but when it comes to that like we know what we're talking about whereas if you want to do the little grad program or the Jemison graduate program or uh, go to the big four or uh, pursue law as a career path to your FE ones like we would happily say we don't know what to do mm-hmm. I, I we, we can't help you on that and we can give you some very high level skills on how to format your CV and stuff like that but even then I don't know if what they're looking for in a CV in, in the big four or what they're looking for in the application process. So we find ourselves like we, we've sp- focused particularly on the tech sector because we try and partner with fast growing companies and fast growing in tech tend to be synonymous, particularly over the last year where it's probably one of the few industries where that's accelerated mm-hmm. growth um, or at least accelerated considerably faster than um, similar industries. So we yeah. try and primarily work with those and then, Within tech, it's sales, marketing, customer support, uh, engineering, product design, HR, recruitment, any any area within tech we can help out with. So to answer, a, a long winded way of answering your question around like our, our partnership strategy, we very much frame mm-hmm. it to these companies as for your entry-level hiring, um, either landing teams coming from the US or Irish companies who don't necessarily have the same level of recognition with grads um, as the big techies do, as they're referred to, we can help we can help bridge that gap both ways. Grads can get great jobs with your company and your company can get the best and brightest grads coming out of uh, the top universities in Ireland. And now as we look, look to move into the UK, it's a kind of different set of problems, but in in the grand scheme of things, the Irish market is relatively small compared to the UK one. So 
now we're kind of looking to expand um, into the UK market where obviously uh, we can we have a, a lot more choice of companies to work with. And I think Matthew, um, Matthew and our two BDRs we have in place and Gemma, who've just hired as a relationship manager. I think they're, they're well on top of things on that side. Of are, are you able to talk at all about the virtual career fair you have at the end of next month? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I suppose it came originally out of, uh, if it's sort of out of the problem that, we initially had as graduates. So I graduated in 2018 and I remember in my, uh, I managed to somehow miss the career fairs that were, was in my actual final year of my degree. I don't know if I was well over or what was going on, but I just didn't, I just didn't go to them. So mm-hmm. my um, second week of my master's, I think, or maybe the third week, there was um, grads, I don't, I don't know if they were grad Ireland career fairs, there was something that facilitated the helix and Literally, not literally, but most of the, the stalls there, or most of the busy ones anyway, were the big four ones. And what's commonly referred to as the milk rounds. So I knew at that point, I was doing a master's in digital marketing, so I was specializing in something that I didn't want to do that. But I knew from talking to friends that I had that it was often the case in people who are in the big four, now I won't name check them because they're still working for those companies, that in their final year of college, in September, October time, when they were doing the milk rounds, they didn't really know what they wanted to do. There was a little bit of uncertainty and they saw, right, this is a three-year contract. Um, parents will sign off and there's no problem because everyone's heard of KPMG and PwC. I can go here three years, do my um, AC, my accountancy exams, the ACAAs, uh, ACC, yeah, one of those two. Um, and at the end of those three years, well-qualified, well-paying job, off I go. Um, and that's kind of dictated the timing of our virtual career fair. So, we just try and position it as an alternative to that, the traditional grad programs and, and the big four routes. So some of the companies um, that we have there, I'm going to name a few off the top of my head if I can get them. Uh, the Wayf- I've name-checked them already. Uh, Wayfire, Amidus, TransferMate, um, Spendesk. So that's actually our first UK-based hiring partner. So they're hiring for salespeople over in London at the moment. Um, Chargefy, Intercom, Workday. I might be leaving one or two out, but I've Fivetran. Um, yeah, like mainly, mainly tech companies, as, as I said, these companies don't have access to grads in the traditional sense. Like, you don't, I don't think you'll see them at the, the career fair and the Helix next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're trying to do with a virtual career fair is try and give these companies, as I said, access to grads and then grads can just go to virtual dudes and we're hosting it on a, on a platform that I think the, I think Dublin Tech Summit might use the same platform as well. If I might be wrong on that though. Um, so yeah, there's virtual booths where they can go talk to recruiters from those companies and hiring managers. And then straight today, we'll have speakers from each of those companies and a few um, special guest kind of speakers as well who aren't directly hiring partners, but they're people who are kind of C-suite or very senior positions of landing teams who are just coming to Dublin. So from their point of view, the opportunity to get in front of... We have um, we have a guest list um, or we're working towards filling a guest list of 5,000 grads. So... That's my job, I suppose, to build that audience and get as many grads to get there as possible. And yeah, again, just serves uh, serves a way to to bridge that gap from these companies that are less well known to grads who, again, you, you like taking Wayfair, excuse me, taking Wayfair as an example. Like they, we've I think we've had fifteen people go there. Um, I'm actually one or two off. We've had fifteen people go there in the last twelve months. And like their plans for growing like over the next 12, 18, 24 months are absolutely insane. 
Um, but like the likes of these companies, if you ask the average person on the college campus, if you're heard of Wayflower, like chances are they probably haven't. So from our point of view, it's just showing grads that yes, the big four is a good route, and yes, um, the traditional grad programs are really, really good routes, but like there is an alternative way to go here. And if you get into the right company at the right time, there is a chance to for your career to rest very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Final question for you, Ian. What is your personal definition of success? Um, to circle back, I think, on what I kind of said earlier, um, when work becomes play, like when you're actually, like I, I kind of, I think I have it to an extent now because I really, really enjoy what I do. And I'm quite fortunate in that, that we've managed to get an opportunity now with a, bit, a little bit of investment where we can, as I said, we're scratching our own itch in a way because in 2018, my colleagues uh, graduated in 2017, so a year before I did. We were in a position where we didn't really know what we wanted to do. And I think the foundation of most good businesses are when someone scratches their own itch because no one, if you have a really, really strong understanding of what the problem is, it's easy to be passionate about it and you can work mm-hmm. towards finding a solution because you have a vested interest in solving it because you are suffering through it. Um, and having a reasonably recent memory of what that problem is and how annoying it can be firing out hundreds of applications for every job you come across on LinkedIn indeed, and hearing nothing back and like that kind of disheartening part of it. The fact that we get to, I suppose, spend 50 hours a week trying to solve that problem for other people is something that I really enjoy doing. Like being able to get up uh, in the morning and be like, right, the problem I'm solving today is trying to get a stressed out graduate a job. It's not, um, to spend as example, which is a great company. Um, they're, it's a spend management software solution where you're helping finance teams, um, I suppose, manage their spending, get a better oversight over how they're spending money, collect receipts easier, so on and so forth. Like it's, a very, as I said, a very, very good company to work for. Um, but the, it's not an, an itch that I felt. I'm not an, an accountant. I haven't worked as a CFO where I've kind of had issues of forecasting because I haven't gotten mm-hmm. enough receipts in on time or I haven't gotten a handle of what the outgoings and incomings are of my business. Like it's not an itch I've really felt. So it was work. Whereas this, I see it as, yeah, success is waking up every morning and feeling like you're, you're playing, not, not working um, and like being excited to go to work for me anyway that's kind of how I'm defining it's, it's, it's a sick answer um, Ian thanks thanks for being my guest on the podcast today I'll leave links below to the virtual career day your LinkedIn and, and your guys' website if people are interested um, but for now we'll leave it there and uh, I wish you continued success thanks very much Ian and appreciate you having me on if your metro don't trust you, I'm gonna show you. Beautiful morning, get a sun.